our kids were younger and how hard it was to help them understand time. You know, for instance, if they asked if we could go to the park today, but that day happened to be really busy, we might try to explain to this two or three year old child that we couldn't go to the park today, but tomorrow we could. With their finite understanding, they just can't get that. The joy of the park tomorrow means nothing because the only thing that matters to them is what is occurring in their world right now. A two-year-old will never understand that you are after their joy when in the moment they feel uncared for and hurt. And how much more will we not understand God when our situation doesn't make sense in the moment? And let's face it, we aren't much different than that two-year-old throwing a tantrum because they can't go to the park today when we face various trials and burdens throughout our life and frame our whole life through our circumstances rather than what God is doing through our circumstances. And so Peter, after spending three verses praising God for the blessings of the elect, gets real and takes two verses to admit the burdens of the exile. But his purpose in this is not to mope or give excuses for our sinful behavior or attitude in the midst of these burdens, but to frame them in the light of the blessings and the hope of future grace and our future glory. And so let's read 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So the first burden we face as exiles is grief. There is much grief in this world, the grief of political animosity, racial tension and injustice, the grief of war and violence, the grief of economical disparity, the grief of divorce, depression, anxiety, busyness, isolation, loss, pain, the grief of sin. It's everywhere. No one escapes this grief. But the qualifier Peter gives for this grief is that it is only for a little while. It's a brief grief. John 16.22 says, Now is your time of grief, but... I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. Mark Driscoll illustrates it like this. Do you remember the 17th day of kindergarten? I mean, probably not. If you do, you were a weird kid or something really big happened on that day. We don't remember such small, random days a long, long time ago. But for you as a kindergartner on your 17th day of school, that day was everything. It was huge. Likewise, after 10 million years of life in heaven, looking back on this momentary grief we experienced during our earthly life, we will barely remember it. It will be a blip on the radar of our timeline. Peter wants us to view all of these burdens with that perspective. And so he continues, what are we grieved by? The second burden. Various trials, financial, relational, physical, spiritual, mental, national, moral. We face trials every day. What is yours today? And yet again, we see that God has a design in our distress. Peter says we're grieved only for a little while. 
and that we suffer trials so that our faith can be tested and found genuine. When life is great, when bills are paid, when your relationships are good, when everybody's healthy, when you like your job, when everyone is happy with you, it's easy to be nice and loving and joyful and spiritual. It's easy to say, God is good. He's in control. God loves me. But it's hard to see the quality of your faith when you lack nothing. The light is much brighter when you're going through the dark. That's why trials are valuable. Because who you are when you face trials is who you really are. It shows the genuineness of your faith. Later in First Peter, he reiterates the hope we can have through trials. First Peter 5.10 says, After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And then Peter goes on to compare a genuine faith being tested by trials with gold that is put through fire, the third burden, to burn off all of the impurities. No one wants to be thrown into the fire. In it, it feels like there's got to be another way. This hurts too much. Where is God? Why isn't he doing something about this? But like the gold, it is in the fire that your faith is forged and all that is not of faith is stripped and melted away and made more pure. In the fire is where our faith finds God's design for the trials and burdens that we experience as exiles. Isaiah 43, 2 says, When you pass through waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. The flame shall not consume you. So then what is the result of facing these trials, of bearing these momentary burdens, of having your faith become refined in your soul? Peter says this will result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Our burdens result in blessing God because God's blessings to us far outrun the brief burdens we face on this earth. Our burdens of this life are just like the 17th day of kindergarten in the whole lifespan of eternity. Because of the cross and the death and the resurrection of Christ in our place, we can face the waters and fires of our circumstances and not be overwhelmed. This is a promise from Jesus himself. He said in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So next time we'll trek into verses 8 and 9 and talk about how we can be confident in the concrete reality of this mysterious and invisible God. Until then, let's pray. God, right now, many of us grieve and hurt over various trials and fires that encircle our lives. While it's hard and we may not have the answers, help us not to turn our back on you in our moment of pain. May we rest in your strength, your hope, and your promise of present and future grace as we focus on the blessing of the gospel and the truth that in you all things are made new. We pray and believe this. In Christ's name, amen. Amen.